We've got a big announcement, girlies. We're going on tour. We're going on tour. We're hitting the road, Jack. Woo! So don't you come back no more, no more. We're bringing our tour. That's showbiz all that's over showbiz. Ireland. You have to say it like that. Well, oh, but I that's can't sing. Showbiz. That's showbiz. That's <laughs> showbiz. You have to say it like old, old-timey American. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it I'll work on it we, we, That has to okay. feature In the show okay, I'll work on it I'll work on it We're coming to Name them A city near you We're going to Cork Limerick Galway Belfast And Dublin Yeah sorry about the Midlands But we can't drive And we need to be accessed by train We don't really know Any of those com- Sorry our, our, <laughs> our geography knowledge Of that part of Ireland Is limited But if you want to come see us Go to ticketmaster.ie And Take get your tickets Because they're flying out The door girls And our girlies In the UK and Australia Don't worry because there's exciting dates coming soon. Yeah. Keep the eyes peeled. That's keep all we'll say Keep the eyes and ears or peeled. And the ears, because you yeah. might hear it on here again. Do you keep your ears peeled? Keep the ears clean, I would say. Anyway, maybe. we're waffling. Anyway, also, link in the episode description on how to get your tickets. Exactly. See you then. See you, girlies. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Well, okay. you know when they say that gonorrhea is, uh, is spreading everywhere? Yeah. Well, it's actually spread from my balls to my asshole. So they're really? right. Really? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Me really? I'm We're here gullible. to educate. I'm too gullible. I'm too gullible. <laughs> it's your favorite queers back in your ears. It's I'm Grandmam. Hey girlies, I'm Kevin. And I'm PJ. And welcome back to I'm Grandmam. Now is my voice all over the place. That your voice is what sandpaper would sound like if it could speak. <laughs> it's very rough today, baby. Are you just saying rough today or rough always? No, you're giving me like a rustic singer today. Is it kind of hot? Have you been on the vape? <laughs> I have been. Have you been robbing you your mum's vape? It's because I was here with you last night and you wouldn't shut up. God forbid you would just watch something, but I have to engage with you the whole time. Otherwise, you just lose interest. How was it my fault all of a sudden? Because you were asking me questions, doll. God forbid I'm interested in my best friend's fucking life. I know, but we were watching a movie. Just let me watch the movie. Anyway. Anyway. A very important movie we were watching, but we'll get into that later. We have two very special guests in the room with us. So we're just going to jump straight into the team and get this going. So the team for this week is... World AIDS Day. Alexa, play I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. We had to give you a bop. Yeah. Now, also, 
Feel free to get up and lip sync, Veda. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not paying her. You have to work? I'll no. sing live if you're not careful. Oh. <laughs> Babe, we've been listening to all your songs. Bops. Also, I lived for the music video. Oh, thank so nice. you. Get into that. Thank you. Just enjoy Gloria. Oh, sorry, I'll enjoy her. Shut up and leave Thinking her singing. how you did me wrong, but I go strong. Shut up and leave her singing Kevin Benson to a solo. <laughs> Also, just an anthem for the queer community in general, oh, right? I love her. Yeah, it's so good. Look upon your face. I think face. we're done with her, are we? We'll pick her up later. It's always a bit more awkward when we have guests. Usually we'd kind of <laughs> yeah. relax into it. But when we're just looking at you yeah. like... Alexa! <laughs> Alexa! Stop. We had Anne Doyle on there a few weeks back. And we were playing Diva by Beyonce. <laughs> and Anne Doyle was sat on the couch beside us. And I was just like... I'm not, I'm not diva. Kevin was just dancing and we were just staring at him being like She was all up for the laugh but it's so funny for the song she was just like this <laughs> How much of an icon is Anne Dyer? Oh, Can we just give her two minutes her. like wow I love her so Obviously much. delighted to have you on but we peaked at Joy. Yeah, sorry Sorry girls Sorry girls Don't We apologize. need to backtrack and give the listeners a bit of context Okay So the theme for this week is World AIDS oh, Day Oh World AIDS Day We're doing our first Pod crossover. It's a collab, girls. It's a collab. Woo! We are collabing with Pause Vibe. We have Robbie Lawler and Veda Lady. Welcome. Welcome. Time Grandma. Thank you. Finally, Thank you. we're here. Do you know what? I have been the biggest fan of you since you began. I've been a Patreon of you too. <gasps> you just Honestly. said yeah before we started. I know. Well, I stopped now the last few months because I'm poor. <laughs> I'm finishing my PhD. And you got so sick of us. Yeah, go, yeah. <laughs> go fund me in bio. Yeah, exactly. I, I need one at this stage. But um, yeah, it's just my love for you has grown and grown. So now the fact that I, I was here and I cleared the table. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I heard Hey Alexa I was just like My Saw mind is blown cats. Saw the cats exactly. And they say You shouldn't meet Your heroes And yet <laughs> Here you are Meeting me Yeah <laughs> Can I say I have a small confession Before we ever Started the podcast I was already aware of yourself, Robbie, as a young queer person going up in Cork when you were Mr. Ireland. And I remember being a small bit obsessed. Oh. Just oh. to put it out there. Now, as I've grown up, I've grown out of the obsession completely. Oh. Well, okay. I've grown out of the I swear. <laughs> And obviously, I mean, Veda, who isn't obsessed with Veda in Come Ireland? On. The icon, the legend, the moment. So, Veda gee, guys. <laughs> we love, that's how, that's how you win us over. It's just by compliments. Literally. That's the, the way we win all our guests over. <laughs> the first time I ever had a proper conversation with Veda, actually, um, is when you were gifting me your boots. Oh, yeah, the boots. I Tell us about the boots, Veda. the iconic Veda Lady boots in my bedroom, and I love them so much. They originated at Flip in, you know, in Dame Street. Yeah. With Uncle Rocky, Mother DJ, mm-hmm. who found them in a bag of crap. Really? Flip. Really? Yeah, and gave them to me, and they're too big for me. Okay. Um, After PJ warned them, he stretched well, them. No. They were too big for back. my feet when I got them originally. After PJ wore them, they were too big for both of my legs. <laughs> oh, no. no. I told you that was no. crazy. So, let, me give, let me give some context, right? I am a size 11 foot, right? Try and find mm. a size 11 heel in Ireland. You just can't, right? Big feet, big And socks. I goes, Veda will know. So I messaged you and you kindly gifted them, but I was never so embarrassed when I gave them back and you goes, oh no, you can keep them. You stretch them out. You go, I put them on. You stretch them up, baby. They're thigh highs and I pulled them up to my thigh and they just fell right back down to my oh, calf. No. That is like, so okay. funny. That is so funny. <laughs> oh. But babe, you were wearing them out in the streets and everything. You were wearing them going around Kilmain and shooting a video with Doug. Yeah. It made me so proud. Oh, thank so you. Oh. Oh. Can we say I'm like your drag daughter, kind of? Absolutely. Okay. Look at the oh height of you. Okay, well, if we're going to come <laughs> thank up. You. Thank you, mother. We're going to have to come up with the drag name. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's my name? Well, if you're part of, the, is it, would it be the House of Lady or the House of Veda? 
Oh, I th- I'm absolutely open to whatever you would like your name to okay. be. What do you feel, baby? What about Veda Lady, Veda Boots? <laughs> Veda Boots, I'll be because Veda we Boots. Because call the boots Veda Boots. We call boots. them Veda Boots. Sometimes when I'm thinking of a look, I'm like, will I whip out the Veda Boots? You know what I mean? So I'm obsessed. You definitely have been getting a lot of fun out of them. You're dragging me. <laughs> but they're the only boots I have. Well, they were the only boots I had in lockdown. And funnily oh. enough, uh, Babs, uh, Daly and I did a photo project during lockdown yeah. called HIVIP, which was at the beginnings of our whole HIV activism thing. And the mm-hmm. boots feature in loads of those photos. I should send them to you. They're, you need to. They're officially iconic boots. They Between you and I, boots. iconic boots. They're iconic. We're iconic boots. I think we when we're them. going through your archive, we'll put them in a museum. <laughs> so I'll wear them for now and then we'll put them in a museum. Actually, you know yeah, isn't mean? there like the queer archive of Ireland that we could maybe... Yeah, it's un- under my stairs. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, you have to move the Hoover to get into the queer archive of Ireland but it's there (laughs) in chains anyway a huge congratulations is in order because your documentary How to Tell a Secret is now on Netflix that's insane the is coming out so it will be streaming in uh, Netflix in Ireland UK from the 1st of December I think it'll be out by the time this comes out yeah that's That's huge what a fucking moment I know that's so major how did it feel like when they told you when, when it was coming out well, Veda sent a screenshot of, do you know what's um, coming next on Netflix? Yeah. Do you yeah. know what that's yeah, 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 yeah. All you need to see is um, a picture of the posters, the movie <gasps> posters on it. But we didn't know that the producers, Lati, who you got the movie from, um, they were doing it all behind the scenes. Working behind the scenes. Okay. But the problem was, Netflix put an embargo on it, so Anna and Zlatar, the producers um, and director, weren't allowed to tell anyone, but yet they put it up anyways. <gasps> so Veda got a screenshot from a friend, and Veda put it up on uh, Instagram, and they were like... <laughs> Oh, sh- like they weren't supposed to do this, yeah, and yeah, they told yeah, us yeah, not yeah. to tell anyone, and yet they put it up anyways. <gasps> the so, irony of it being called out to tell a secret. I know, exactly. <laughs> and I am the Veda virus. You think HIV has <laughs> <laughs> got a legacy? Um, you know, I just don't miss a trick when it comes to how to tell a secret or anything to do with our activism. Yeah. And I, I did officially jump the gun, but. How did we feel? What's blowing my mind is how people react. Yeah. Because absolutely. we've had like film festivals and the RT thing and yeah. some cinema releases. And for a lot me, of it was releases. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was great, but it was just the next thing. But yeah. then you go in the George and you tell these bitches in the dressing room who would not congratulate you <laughs> on triplets <laughs> that you're on Netflix. And all of a sudden they're like, <gasps> Brilliant. Like it's something about saying Netflix. It's yeah. a major. Yeah, it's, it's a brand. It's a thing. You're a household yeah. name. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely, it's I love it. We actually, as mentioned, we got our hands on the movie, and um, we watched it last night. We had a little movie night with PJ's projector. Oh. No, we were bawling and crying. Oh. Bawling, crying. It's so it's lovely. Just, I mean, it's. I mean, a fabulous film in general but mm. so many moments and I think that's one thing as well that we learned from listening to episodes of uh, Pause Vibe as well yeah. is the storytelling involved in like what mm. you're doing and what Sean's doing and Anna and what, yeah. what you created it would probably be a good point they would like to talk us through your story your journey with HIV if you wanted to give us a bit of an insight I'm actually going to go first because Robbie just gave two talks in oh. schools up and the road. And never sleep. <laughs> tell me to piss off as well if you'd like. I know what happens. No, I'm just saying for the listeners. No, we'll, we'll tell them. I'll, I'll have a little nap here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess my story starts in my... Um, just before my teens started. Mm-hmm. It, when I was 12 years old, 
Rock Hudson, who was a very famous Hollywood movie actor, was outed and was really vilified in the press at that time. And I was a big fan of all of those sort of movies, all mm. of the Liz Taylor's, Doris Day's, whatever, because I was really? bullied a lot in school. So oh. it was my place you know, yeah. in the afternoon mm-hmm. when everyone's out kicking the ball. I'd be watching the matinee at home. Love. <laughs> so the first time I really got to hear anybody talk about AIDS, it was in a very negative way, in a very shocking way, and about someone that I felt attached to, that I loved, mm-hmm. you know? So that's where it started for me. And then it only got worse because, as you know, the way that people living with HIV AIDS were treated in the 80s by governments, by medical institutions, Mm -hmm. by loved ones, families. It's really horrific and shocking. Mm -hmm. A lot of the stories that you hear of how things were then. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So when it came to to that subject, I had a lot of trauma um, and a lot of fear about it. And even though I lived a very full, very queer life with a lot of friends who were living with HIV and I was working with the, as the alternative Miss Ireland, in fact, um, working with HIV AIDS organizations, I still never really did the work to unpick how I really felt about it. And I didn't understand as well the impact that was having on me and my sex life and my joy as a queer person because it was just the norm for me. Mm -hmm. Puberty and AIDS arrived at the same time for me, you know? Um, But I didn't become HIV positive till I was in my 30s. And I would love to say that I handled it well, but I I didn't. I I made a classic mistake, you know, of throwing myself into a HIV closet and not telling anybody what I was going through Mm -hmm. and trying to be that very strong martyr person who doesn't make problems for anyone else and can handle everything for themselves. And really because of the shame and stigma that I felt, but mostly because of what I believed other people would feel about me. Okay. You know? And that wasn't based on nothing. That was based on a lot of experience. Yeah, of and, course, es- yeah. and especially when the media is doing so much fear-mongering as well, you're, you're bound to feel that way. Yeah, and also, sadly, you know, I, I, was, I had friends living with HIV and I knew how people spoke about them. Mm. You know, so then when I was in the HIV closet, I was listening to all of that stuff still in in places at times <gasps> where people didn't realize they were talking oh also God. about me. Yeah, you, know? so you could yeah. always be talking to someone who's living with yeah, HIV and absolutely. not know yeah. it. You yeah. know, and you know that that is not all on them. I always like to say and make it clear that stigma wasn't created by these individuals. Exactly. That was created by society, by and society. a lot of them people my generation just grew up like I did so all of that was indoctrinated into you mm-hmm. of course yeah so I spent a few years struggling with the whole diagnosis yeah before I met and fell in love with my now husband mm. Woo! that was like the first time that I told someone on a date and okay. over 10 years, I had told maybe about 10 people. So, okay. you know, it was, uh, but that's this huge. was about five or six years in. So he yeah. was maybe my fifth or sixth person okay. to tell. And I really had a very strong feeling from him, for, for him before we got together. Okay. So I thought, I'm going to take the chance and yeah. I'm just going to put it on the Go table. Yeah. And what day was this? What number of days? We were in Romano's uh, restaurant okay. on Capel Street. Okay. A couple of doors Set up from Panty Bar. With candles lighting. <laughs> a bottle and, of red. Uh, I think it was a, it was a Thursday night. Okay. Because it had been a Wednesday night beforehand. Okay. <laughs> he, he had come to my show. Um, and I told him that I was HIV positive and he said, I 
I know, I kind of guessed you were going to say that. Oh. And I said, oh, really? Yeah. Really? That's so interesting. Yeah, and he said, well, you were positive you wanted to go to Romano's and you were positive <laughs> you wanted pizza. And you were <laughs> using the word an awful lot over the last couple oh, of days. God, it must have been on your head. <laughs> gearing him off, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Subliminal messaging. Oh, my God. But my husband is a lot younger than me. In fact, my mother-in-law is a lot younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> So he, he was more up on things like you equals you and totally okay. understood about, you know, that the situation and, and that I was on medication mm-hmm. and that I wasn't able to pass the virus on to anyone else. And also young people or younger people didn't grow up with nearly the same amount of stigma around yeah. HIV AIDS. Mm-hmm. So he was just totally cool about okay. it. And that was the beginning, I think, of me coming out more publicly. That was when that thing started to change, when how I felt about it started to change, yeah. I guess. so liberating. Yeah. yeah, I just needed the support and then I think I just needed a little bit of time to process it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And then, I, I guess, what happened was I just became aw- so aware that I was protecting stigma. Yeah. I wasn't protecting myself or the people that I loved anymore. Mm-hmm. I was just protecting the stigma itself. It's so hard though because like, it all falls on you then it's, and you almost become like this like accidental activist then because you're like when you're speaking out about it you I thought you said to... accidental laxative and I was really excited <laughs> that's exactly what I'm like accidental laxative <laughs> drinking another cup of tea <laughs> but you know what I mean though like as in like you, yeah. you then have to be like talk to people and you have to like learn how to deal with the responses that people say to you it's very it's very it's a lot to carry basically it's a process Mm -hmm. well i started off with a song i thought you know just that was the campus thing ever by the way being a big weirdo i thought right i'm gonna do i wanted to come out as much as i could as far as i could to as many people as i could Mm -hmm. yeah um a for the ease just to get it over with but b because i knew i was in a position to do something different with coming out yeah that and that the more people understood the struggle and why I was doing it, mm-hmm. the better. better. Yeah. And I'm a drag queen, a performer, so... Yeah. She's a performer, just, girl. Iconic. It felt natural to yeah. me to, to do it like that. Um, and that was one of the hardest things I've ever did, funnily enough, and mm. one of the greatest things. Amazing. Amazing. I love that when you dropped the music video, you just left the country. Yeah. That was, that was also camp. camp. Yeah, That's that was so, so camp. camp and so Next iconic. Next level glamour. Yeah. I'm doing a little holiday. You, you just need to process this and I'll be back. HIV Vienna. Yeah. HIV Vienna. Yeah. We love the We've been saying HIVIPs for the last two days. HIVIPs is my favorite. Prepping your step as well. We haven't stopped saying it. Are you appropriate? in our culture <laughs> yeah. DJ is not me I'm pause ma'am all the time <laughs> we found I the name it. of the app thank god I'm pause ma'am's the name of the app I love this one thing that you actually mentioned Veda was that coming out about your status actually helped to facilitate you coming out in other ways as well which I thought was so profound do you want to yeah, talk with us sure I, and I think it's still going on I think one of the things I realized through my journey with HIV was that coming out is just something that you do constantly, constantly. all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. It's not this one big event in your life or this thing that you do three or four times about big things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's actually just those things that you learn about yourself on the journey and then you feel comfortable enough to say them. I love how the language of coming out has become so popular now where people talk about maybe ADHD or mm. being on the spectrum yeah. or mm-hmm. people understand what yeah. it's like to share that vulnerability. Yeah. Um, so I guess one of the things that I process through 
coming out about HIV was coming out to myself about being trans and being non-binary mm -hmm. because when I was growing up around trans girls, there was always this difference between me and them. I have a lot of trans friends mm -hmm. and a lot of trans uh, women come from the drag tradition, yeah. or even mm -hmm. trans men too, actually. Um, yeah. But I always felt that separation because as somebody who doesn't feel dysmorphia, didn't really feel like my journey was going to involve a transition, mm -hmm. I always felt like there's an umbrella and I'm just outside it in the rain. That's after breaking my fucking yeah. heart. Literally. Jesus Christ. But it's like yeah. I deal with the aspects of it yeah. and yeah. I deal with a lot of the um, discrimination. Mm -hmm. Not as bad, but still a lot. I think as camp gay men or feminine gay men, we mm -hmm. just gotta get the worst of that. But I'm not embraced really by the community. And this is what I'm talking about before we had language to really express to yes. it. Um, and then the language came along, but still I hadn't reconciled that for me, which mm -hmm. I think happens for a lot of people. I have friends who are promoting the MX, Mix Vivian Bond is a good friend of mine, and she was promoting the Mix mm. as, as instead of a Miss or Mister. Yeah. And Peppermint and I are really close, and my I love friend. Peppermint. I adore yeah. her. One of my favorite lip syncs of all time yes. is Peppermint and I'm just doing like, music by Madonna. Oh, oh, the <laughs> I shotgun. watch it on repeat. Yeah. The shotgun. The shotgun. When like I'm hungover. <laughs> I watched that lip sync and it she cures it. Me. She cures that. Peppermint, if you're listening, uh -huh. I fucking adore you. Oh, me too. And I another name drop them. My other friend is Our Lady J, who wins the writers, co-producers of Pose on amazing. Oh, amazing. And these are my girls. They're just some of my girls. And yeah. I've been around these amazing trans women mm -hmm. and and knowing all about being trans and still not allowing myself to okay. say I'm trans. Yeah. Even though nice. we talk to each other as girls, we relate all the same way. Mm. They never would make me feel other. Yeah. I'm talking about a mix of people too, where some would be more trans women, some would consider themselves more non-binary. Mm -hmm. But I guess the upshot is there wasn't any of that language for me when I was in my 20s. Yeah. Even. And to find it and embrace it, I think, um, took me coming out about my HIV status first okay. to really get comfortable with myself. Because I think what had happened so was beautiful. Yeah. I had shut myself down to hide this secret and it had hidden so many other things mm -hmm. about me as well. You know? yeah. And I do regret it. I don't ever give interviews and say, you know, now it worked out fine or, you know, it yeah. all came good in the end. And now I'm an amazing activist and I've done all these great things. I don't feel that way. I regret it. I regret it. And I don't want other people to make those mistakes. Yeah. And that really fuels me in what I do, okay. especially with HIV. I'm not here to force people out of the closet, yeah. but I just want them to understand that they don't need to go in at all exactly yeah. and also yeah. I well, think what lovely. you're saying Don't is so important there. as well is that you're giving them the language to be able to speak about it so I do think people struggle like they don't know how to say what they're feeling or they don't know what terms to use or they're afraid of using the wrong term uh -huh. so like giving people the language and what you do on Vibe is brilliant because they can just pop it in listen to it and then feel more empowered to do stuff like that you know and what you just said there is so true like all the conversation is so nuanced as well and it's not as black as white as it maybe once was yeah. and you're thinking that you're fitting outside the umbrella and that you're not part of it like only from listening to other people's stories and yeah, hearing other people's takes that's how we can learn from each other and that's how we can yeah. learn more about ourselves I presume like that's the way it came about mm. um, one thing that we saw in the documentary Robbie and we were in bits afterwards yeah. I wasn't I wasn't ready for it sure if we were going to be able to continue watching the rest of the film but there's a really lovely moment and this isn't spoiling it anyway um, and 
we really implore you to watch it when it comes out on Netflix because yeah. it's just I'm going to be watching it again it's it one of those amazing. documentaries that I will end up watching again yeah. um, there's this moment where you're um, speaking with your mother at uh, the dining table yeah, over yeah. a cup of tea and you know us we love our mammies oh. well, all, we all love our mammies yes. we all love oh our mammies God. and you had such a lovely conversation with her when you first found out about your status do you mm-hmm. want to talk us through that Yes, so um, shout out to Mary, my man, but also oh, Millie Vader's man. We all oh, love them. Miriam and Millie. Mi- Miriam and Millie, I know. I love um, this. On the Podsby podcast, we always get people to give their mams or dads shout outs. You know, just oh, yeah. really supportive families, but we have a bias towards mams, of course. Yeah, <laughs> so same. this is the perfect podcast. So when I was first diagnosed at the age of 21, um, it was a double whammy, okay? Yeah. Um, because the very first question I asked after my diagnosis was, can I go to Australia? Because that's all I planned for. Yeah. And I was told I can't get a residency visa to Australia because I live with HIV. And I went to college for four years because mm-hmm. I wanted to work with animals over in Australia. It's mm-hmm. all I ever wanted to do since I was young. So I cried and cried and cried. And then my next question was, well, how long do I have left to live? Because yeah. I didn't know, no one knows the difference yeah. between HIV. There are very few people, especially of my generation. This was yeah. back in 2012, I was 21. I didn't know HIV existed in Ireland. Yeah. Um, and I didn't talk about HIV. I, didn't, like, I knew nothing about it. Yeah. Anyways, once I was told, you know, there's great medication out there, you can live a long and healthy life. Um, they were like, do you want to see a social worker? So I went into the social worker, crying, crying, crying. And she said, do you want to bring in any friends or family? And I was mm. like, can you bring in my man, please? Australia, because my mom's like my best mate. Um, I yeah. didn't think that she'd feel shame or stigma. Mm. Yeah. I just knew she'd kill me if I didn't tell her straight away. Yeah, and yeah. also, I needed a lift home. <laughs> <laughs> Gays don't drive. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. Yeah. But we do, we do have Veda here. We have one driver at one the table. My manager. My manager. So my mom came in in literally seconds. Mothers are superheroes, right? I don't know. She came straight from work. And I remember she came straight in the door. The social worker didn't tell her over the phone. And I was in the corner crying, crying. I was like, mom, I can't go to Australia anymore. Because only she really knew how hard that was and then what you want yeah yeah and then the social worker was like look mary your son just got a hiv diagnosis and then she looked at me and she went really really pale and my mom's brown right so when she she lost color you notice yeah and um she was like is he going to be like freddie mercury isn't that crazy that was the first thing that's all they knew that's all her reference points i didn't know the difference between hiv and aids because no one was talking about it in ireland say my mom wouldn't know the difference you know exactly so my mom just wanted to know my health was going to be okay so she got to talk to i got about the medication being so good that you can live as long as anyone else and um eventually we learned down the line that you can't pass on hiv the risk is zero right Mm. but on the way home um, I, I'm not spoiling too much, but I remember looking at my mom, and it's almost like when you get HIV, it's almost like a punishment, especially when it was such a shock. Hmm. I remember looking at my mom, I was like, Mom, no one's ever going to want to like, love me or oh. want to touch me again. And my mom, without even thinking about it, she was like, Well, I love you. Oh, sorry. And you know so what? Just having that support from the very beginning was mm. just the most important thing. And the thing about my mom is, like, I can't tell her anything. Like, she can't hold piss to herself. So I knew <laughs> once I told her, <laughs> she got onto Andial. She was like, yeah, <laughs> I was on route to yeah. tears again yeah. just reliving that. And then you said that. Night. She got onto Andial and goes, you throw that up in the news there. Yeah. She may as well have, because yeah. I went upstairs, had a little nap. Like, you know, guys, I was emotionally exhausted. Yeah. I came down, my whole family is like a, a family meeting. She told them all, got them all there. And they were like, 
Every single one of my friends and family didn't give a crap. They just mm. wanted to make sure that I was okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the way yeah. you should be. Exactly. But my mom still to this day is amazing. When we got the news about the Netflix show, mm. um, after Vedas, uh, we were doing a bit of uh, back and forth. The first person I called was my mom. I was like, yeah. mom, we're going to be on Netflix. Oh. And she was like, oh my God. She tells everyone in work to watch it. She told everyone to go to the cinema releases. She's just so proud. I was on the Late Late Show. She wanted to be there. Yeah. And um, you know, there's nothing in the activism that she didn't say, do it and do it. 100 yeah, she's also yeah. so proud so yeah, shout amazing. out to the mam shout out to the fucking mams but that is it they do they do just they go into kind of mother bear mode and they just mm. want to make sure you're going to be okay and yeah. then they can relax so the fear is always that it's never shame or stigma it's always about they're just afraid for your well-being basically and I, I and but you know what do you know what's kind of contradictory and all that yeah. or like it's a, like Actually, asking your child to hold in a secret is the most damaging thing you yeah. can ask your child to do. Mm-hmm. Because I know they do it in a protect- protective way, especially country parents, right? Because yeah. they're like, oh, so-and-so down the road will know, because we'll I know many away. country yeah. people. Um, they're like, don't tell them you're gay, don't tell you're positive. We'll be getting go looks at mass on Sunday. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm just like, who cares? It's your cares. child. Let them thrive. And the more you feed into the shame and silence, the more damage you're doing to your child. Because they'll feel that, yeah. And do you know what? Um, after every screening that my mom's there, uh, people normally come up because they want to say, well done, do you want to congratulate us or something? But the queue for my mom is 10 times bigger than my queue. <laughs> yeah, you know? lovely. And it's all the mammies because they're like, I don't know what I do in that situation and this is how you do it, yeah. you know? So it's, yeah. she's just great, like, you know? So yeah, for all the mams out there, if you really want to protect your child, just show them support and let them do what they know that they need to do. And exactly. obviously there's going to be an element of fear involved right same way yeah. with like coming out for ourselves like parents are worried about your life being tougher yeah. you live in life as a gay man but it's not down to us to be carrying the burden of yeah. their fears you know what I mean it's just going to add to it so it's only going to add to the feeling of being overwhelmed by it you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I fe- think in general things have gotten better yeah you know? absolutely yeah. And, exactly. and, and I think parenting is probably getting easier mm-hmm. in that way yeah. I feel when I talk about my mom I, I have a struggle to talk about it because it's not like my parents handled everything well when I was a teenager teenager mm-hmm. or or a queer child yeah. they didn't but everything they did was just indicative of the society that they were in of course and the way that the, yeah. the church felt about gay people and the way the education felt about gay people and mm. so so it's hard you it's can't tough. rewrite history i love my mom she loves me she's my whole world but was it easy for us not at all yeah and then when you add the hiv in the mix that also kind of complicates things because even though when i eventually shared my status with my mom it was like 10 years after my diagnosis Mm -hmm. and she was amazing yeah she also acknowledged that if i had told her 10 years before it might have been different yeah exactly yeah because she knew at this stage that the medication was great that everybody was living everything was fine Mm -hmm. it was 10 years before she wasn't as open we hadn't had a marriage equality referendum we had a lot of tension around queerness gayness religion in our household Mm -hmm. all that stuff had dissipated yeah so that's part of what goes into creating i guess that that tension or stigma or problems Mm -hmm. when i talk about my mom and the past. I do think as well, it's like the more people learn about it and are educated about it, the, the, when the fear goes away, then the tension dissipates. But before then, it is very, the, people just kind of get their back up a bit. Like, Completely. I know my mom, like, for, like she, my mom's 70 and she, like, growing up, she would, like, see those adverts for yeah. HIV and it would scare the bejesus of out of her. Of course it would. I, come here, I remember, even as growing up a child of the 90s, hearing stuff about AIDS and being petrified of yeah. it. Yeah. And I remember, like, recently, I don't why was I talking to her about it anyway? I don't know. We'd be having, sometimes we have, like, 
your queer lessons of today, mother, you know? <laughs> and like, like, like I was telling her what a non-binary person was and she's like, she's so open to learning. Like she's like, tell me about it. And I think one day we started discussing you equals you. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Okay, let's get into the science because that was all the trauma dumping. This yeah. is like, this is where we're at, right? Yeah. This is the good part. Let's hear Mr. Science degree. Right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we live in the golden era of HIV in terms of uh, medically, right? We're there. And the reason why we are is because we've great access to different types of treatment here. Yeah. So if one doesn't work for you, just go on to the next okay mm-hmm. but the new treatment's so good we say it's like taking a tic tac it freshens your breath very <laughs> little side effects right and yeah. uh, even from my time there's lots of side effects and that was 2012 and now there's none okay. there's even a new drug that it's one injection in the bum every two months rather than a pill every day oh, you know amazing. so like Slitting. medically we're there yeah but what the medication does is it stops hiv from replicating okay so mm-hmm. hiv is in our body trying to attack our immune cells in particular our t-cells and more in particular our cd4 cells so it goes into the cell integrates into our dna makes millions of copies of itself bursts out and then attacks more CD4 cells, okay? Mm. What happens over time is that... <laughs> Sorry, I got two scientific, <laughs> no, maybe. I'm, I'm engrossed. You, you're like I'm a, a big nerd. I love okay. it. Robbie, I'm a huge nerd. Great. Okay, yeah. so it integrates into our um, DNA and it um, uh, makes millions of copies, bursts out, attacks other CD4 cells. Okay. But then our innate, in, innate immune system, our B cells, attack HIV. So this internal... Um, struggle between um, HIV and our innate immune system. The The dark side of beta. Um, (laughs) This this battle can go on for 3, 5, 10, 15 years. It depends on everyone else. But HIV basically always wins, right? It always wins because it depletes your immune system Mm -hmm. um, to where we can't fight off infections that we normally fight off. And that's when you can develop AIDS, which is acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, which is just an umbrella term for like, uh, pneumonia yeah, or okay. do you know uh, dementia or uh, do you know um, people probably seen Philadelphia where there's the skin blotches yeah. on the skin mm-hmm. that's a rare skin uh, cancer called uh, Kaposi sarcoma yeah. um, and it's only in people with low immune systems right great drag name Gra- yeah there you go <laughs> yeah, it is <laughs> Kaposi sarcoma boots <laughs> yeah. is, that my, is that my drag that's name that's a nice name yeah <laughs> well if, if you're made of yes. boots no. maybe I'm Kaposi sarcoma am I no that's yours okay sorry cancer okay um but so what does the medication do the medication stops hiv from replicating so it goes into your uh, dna but it doesn't replicate so it dies Mm -hmm. but the reason why we have to take medication every day for the rest of our life is to make sure there's enough concentration of the medicines so the virus doesn't replicate and it lies asleep in different parts of our body so i have hiv asleep in my gut and in my brain so i take my pill every day and that means it doesn't attack my immune system and that's how we can live as long as anyone else okay amazing now Let's get on to Yugazu. Yugazu stands for undetectable equals untransmittable. Mm-hmm. And it means that we just get the virus so low in our body that it's not, it's not enough free-flowing virus in our semen or in vaginal fluids mm-hmm. to pass it on. Yeah. The risk is a zero. So funnily enough, the safest people to have sex with not to get HIV are people who live with HIV, mm-hmm. who know their status, who are on treatment and who are undetectable. Yeah. Because it's the people who do not know their status that are passing on HIV. Mm-hmm. That's why we encourage every single person to get tested to yeah. know your status because you don't feel symptoms when you have HIV that's the thing yeah. Yeah. a lot of time you could have HIV in your system for 5 or 10 years yeah. and not know it and you're passing it on mm-hmm. we are doing your body damage the whole time you may only find out you have HIV when you get AIDS defining uh, illness or complication mm-hmm. Okay. so get tested know your status start treatment <laughs> become undetectable live as long as anyone else and you can't pass on HIV I mean you can have kids without fear of passing on HIV so go on Stunning. H- HIV affects no one Love no this. one but me I say this often um, people always ask like how does HIV affect your relationship mm-hmm. um, my boyfriend Morris of 10 years so someone did want to touch me and love me again Ooh, and he's a big ride as well he's gorgeous, gorgeous. we love it uh, yeah he's so nice um, 
basically he's a celiac, right? So he can't eat wheat or barley or anything that's nice in the world. Ugh. Like, oh. I haven't gone out for pizza with him in oh, five no. years. Oh, I haven't had loaf of bread for five years. Yeah. Like his celiac disease impacts my uh, our relationship way more than my HIV ever <laughs> did. Like, honestly, now not coming for the celiac girlies. I We have a load of celiac girlies. Listening. I came for the celiac girls before, and oh. I got RDMs were trolls. Yeah, they okay. were like, "It's not my fault. I can't eat gluten." Do you know what's the prob- problem? Everyone says it's easier to have HIV than di- uh, diabetes, and all the diabetic girlies are like, "Don't come for us." You know, oh so like, <laughs> we stand with all communities. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, literally. Stop trying to get us cancelled. I know. Robbie cancelled right yeah. before you. You actually say just that what you were saying about if you were to be with someone who knows their status and is uh, undetectable about it being safer than someone who isn't aware of the status and who hasn't been testing regularly. Mm-hmm. You actually said it. I think it might have been on the Late Late Show or one of your many other TV appearances. <laughs> we were all on the Late Late well, Show. Well, Here we go. Robbie, it actually stuck with me when you said that. I remember. And I remember saying that to so many people because I had never even looked at it like that about just the idea mm-hmm. of knowing and getting tested regularly. That's so is true. Like the best means of like preventing, really. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it makes it so much easier for us to tell people as well, doesn't it? Because when I met Morris back in 2013, well, whenever 10 years was, um, I didn't. We didn't know about you because you. We were told that yeah. we were some risk, mm. like even four percent or something, which is huge actually if you think about it. Yeah. Right. That was the number going around. Um. So when I told him it was different, it's like we're going to mm. have to wear condoms all the time. There's a potential risk of passing it on. Mm-hmm. But he's like, it's just one extra thing I'm going to learn to love about you. You know. Yeah. And then Don't. we were actually part of the study that showed conclusively that you could you. So we were actually part of the clinical trial. Oh, yeah. He's like, he just didn't want to wear condoms anymore. He's like, let's yeah, get yeah. it. He's like, I'll take the risk. <laughs> but go. now we know it's zero seven years into relationship we don't need to well, like we don't wear condoms and he just can't get HIV off me the risk is an absolute zero but, um, and you're just hopping if, off each other you, topping him and you're just hopping <laughs> hopping off hopping off each other I'm not asking if, you ever to, if you're top or bottom you're right PJ water sports the lot they, <laughs> they do it all round there on the coomb it's shocking you know I um, I became undetectable by using acupuncture really and medication every day (laughs) I need to stop believing everything you say I think it's because you're my drag mother and you have thrusting eyes you know what I mean I do have thrusting eyes That's fucking hilarious. You I can did. trust me. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to talk to us a bit about um, how you set up uh, PazVibe? Like, how, like, what, why did sure. you come up Absolutely. with that idea? Um, uh, during the lockdowns mm-hmm. that were going on horrifically at mm-hmm. the start of 2020, uh, I was doing my Witchy Wednesday drag show from my kitchen. Which Pixie. is iconic, by the way, if you haven't oh, been to a Witchy Wednesday. Yeah. Get to a Witchy amazing. Wednesday at the George. Now, I can never really remember it because I'm kind of locked when I'm there. Perfect. But it's, uh, the show is always Same. amazing. A Witchy Same. Wednesday <laughs> is always an impromptu visit. And when I get there, I have the best night of my life. Yeah. And I don't remember any of this. That's what all my hookups say. <laughs> <laughs> So like customers, I mean, <laughs> fans. Were you doing it in your kitchen in lockdown, were you? Yeah, doing it in the kitchen. Pixie doing used to live with us. She lived with me for the last 10 years yeah. before uh, COVID drove us apart. Um, and occasionally, if the rules would allow, we could get Viola or Chanel to come over. Gorgeous. If not, they'd have to do it at home in their house on their camera. And, Brilliant. But we were doing it. And I was coming off the back of just releasing my HIV coming out song called I Came Out One Night. Mm-hmm. So I was 
singing it occasionally and talking about HIV a bit in the show because I was like this frustrated activist who had just made Could this you? big song and dance about coming out about their status thinking that I would be all over the festivals that yeah. summer singing my HIV ballad Love. no <laughs> no streamable on all good music platforms thank yeah. you thank you yeah. the thing about it is you can like you can stop feeling stigma about living with HIV and still feel stigma about the song you wrote about living with <laughs> <in> HIV <laughs> that's the truth but anyway I'm in the kitchen and I'm getting a lot of messages <laughs> because about like 5,000 people a night were watching that show. Like, Sorry. you know, we put it wow. on Instagram. You were getting those numbers. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. So I knew that I had a big captive, literally captive audience yeah. and I wanted to talk about HIV. So I would bring it up more and more in the show and I just got messages from people who were living with HIV in or out of the closet. Mm-hmm saying how much it meant to them especially yeah. now when i'm at home you know mm-hmm. with my family yeah. or whatever yeah. just to have someone talk about it or people with other issues going on yeah just saying that they appreciated me talking about Love it that. and i thought i've got to do something during this time that relates to hiv and use this time wisely to mm-hmm. create something and i had this idea one day where i just put the word uh, positive and podcast together mm. and I came up with the word podcast. PR Maven. <laughs> <laughs> and once I had the word podcast, I thought, well, it's going to be a podcast. Yeah. Cut to like a few days later, Robbie appears on the Tommy Tiernan show on RTE. Yeah. And I love the show and I work every Saturday night, but I always tape it. So I come home and watch it, you know, Stunning. and have a joint at the end of the night. And I'm Brilliant. there. Like, even Tommy doesn't know who's coming, so I don't know Robbie's coming. <laughs> and it's Robbie, who I love. And we're already connected and we're already working on how to tell a secret together. But I didn't know he was doing the, the show. show. So the next morning, I texted him straight away to say congratulations because, of course, he was amazing, amazing. a champion. Phenomenal. Um, and I sprung this idea of a podcast on him. And he said, um, he basically said, yes, let's do it. That's exactly what he <laughs> said. <laughs> and then he said, let's do it straight away. And so that was it. Like that was April, was it? Or March? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
And we had our first episode out at the first week in May. So Incredible. it all happened really quickly. And Anna Matronic from Scissor Sisters is a good friend of mine. And she agreed to be uh, one of our first guests because her father died of AIDS in the 90s. Okay. And she is one of the first and few people that I came out to when I was really struggling with it. And she's always had my back like what? fiercely. Stunning. So she agreed to do it. She still does a lot of voiceover stuff for us on the podcast. Oh, really? That's yeah. iconic. What a great yeah. first fucking guest. Live around running. Yeah. yeah. Followed by Peppermint. Followed by Peppermint. Love that episode. So basically, I used my little black book to get the ball rolling because we yeah. didn't think that there would be enough people living with HIV who would want to. So we pulled all of these tricks and yeah. stunts yeah. and we still have many more coming. <laughs> but... But That's since then, base. we've created this just steady flow of people living with HIV who, who want to use the platform to come out. And that's a dream come true. That's everything that we could Amazing. have hoped for. What so. you've created is honestly so special. Yeah. And like what it comes down to as well is, is like it's storytelling. I think that's why yeah. I enjoy it so much because we're hearing all these stories and these different life perspectives and ultimately like is not what fucking life's about just yeah. like hearing people's stories yeah, and, feeling and connecting less alone. with people and you get a real sense of your guy's empathy in it as well but mm-hmm. there's also the fucking humour in it as well and if I'm being completely frank when I first heard about it I was like oh my god is it going to be all doom and gloom if we give it a listen like yeah. you're talking about coming out with HIV and then it's, it's so fucking uplifting what yeah. you're creating and Obviously, there's the episodes where you're crying and you're shedding a tear as well, but it's always laced with menacing, like, overtones and um, giving these ad-libs and being fucking hilarious. You just call Veda a menacing overtone. That's me. You're not wrong. Just say top, overtone, (laughs) slash, femtops rule the world, right? No, it's so, so, so gorgeous, honestly. I feel like you you. don't even understand how many people you're reaching with it. I feel like you're getting, do you get so many messages? Well, I suppose it's like, do you know when you're talking to a mic, you don't know who's listening to you? Exactly. Especially, yeah. like, yeah, I know yeah, you've yeah. talked about mon- uh, mental health and just actually, like, I had a crap day today. Like, yeah. that's important to hear. Like, as mm-hmm. a Patreon, I always listen to you <laughs> and your truth. Um, so, we don't really know the impact, but we always do get messages saying, yeah. oh, do you know, I was able to tell my mom, thanks so oh. much, you helped me. Or, like, we get them quite often. Mm-hmm. But what's m- what was really shocking for me was um, just recently we had a guy called Donuk, and he's lived with HIV 25 years now. And him coming onto the podcast, he told his mom for the first time that's, even though the, that's just amazing even just the process of coming on Aoife Commons who came on yeah. she's a, a nurse in Galway who recently came out about her status and um, she told her whole family you know and she was going to come on and her sister who lives in Australia so it's just the process of being wow. on is so good for the individual person Incredible. so although Crazy. we don't know we can't quantify how we help people yeah. outside even though tens of thousands of people listen to the podcast it's really just more the people in front of us is changing his life. Yeah. And also, as we know, storytelling is what changes hearts and minds. That's how we yeah, get rid exactly. of this goddamn stigma. That there's yeah, no the place in society today. Um, so it's just fuck having the these... Fuck the stigma. <laughs> we have this army of activists now, yeah. thanks to the Pause Vibe, we call them our Pause Vibe tribe, who are willing Love to it. stand up. Pause Vibe tribe. So yeah, now we have this army of activists. Because when I was diagnosed in 2012, and Veda was living, it was like an epidemic of silence rather than an epidemic of HIV. Okay, yeah. Because we can live as long as anyone else. Yeah. We're yeah. healthy. Exactly. We can't pass it on. Mm-hmm. We're going to die of old AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is what every podcast is. It's me, like 90% of me laughing at everything Aveda says. It's so funny. Um, uh, the, the whole point of the podcast is we were like, come and join the HIV Kiki, right? Yeah. Uh, we spilled the tea, which is drag terminology for tra- uh, truth. But we say yeah. you spill your trauma. But yeah. we have great fun during it. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. And that's the whole point of it. That's stunning. 
Yeah, completely. Agreed. I love it too. Love. You're changing lives, honestly, what, what you're doing. Yeah, really. And that's the thing, like, we obviously get messages sometimes from people being like, oh, help us come out, like, and yeah. tell my family and stuff I'm gay. I can only imagine the work and, like, the ripple effect that what you're doing is having. And from the people who don't get on to tell you, because a lot of people probably won't. They'll just go away and listen, and then they'll go about living their lives, and you don't even know the impact of it, you know, which is fucking So, girlies, so if you're listening and you want to hear more, you can stream Vibe on all good streaming services. Everywhere you Go. Yeah, all the sexy ones. Also, How to Tell a Secret is out. December 1st on Netflix, UK and Ireland girlies. Please, please give it a watch. It's also, it's like shot really stunningly as well. Yeah. It's a beautiful film. Yeah. It's a beautiful yeah, film. All credit also, to, to I'm them. living for your all white look in the streets. It's so hot. <laughs> I wish I was in it's Dublin. I wish I was in the streets of Dublin to witness that in the flesh when you were doing it. And you're wearing the boots in it. They're the boots. They're, They're the, boots. the boots. I'm so sorry. Stretch them out. No, I love that you have those boots. I'm That's so kind of touched me all of a sudden. I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, they're the boots. Nice, isn't it? I promise That's I look amazing. You're walking in my shoes now, oh, girl. Oh. We kind of look alike, no? Yeah, of course. I think we we're do. gorgeous. Yeah, we're gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I'm a menacing figure as well. Yeah. Honestly, thank you so much. Um, our first Pod collab. Oh my god, girlies! So Are we doing the fingers? Love it. So yeah. I know. Look at us. No. And you're the you, plan. Usually yeah. PJ's yeah. the one with the nails. Usually I'm, I'm letting the side down. You, we need to sign off the way we always do. You just need to say bye, 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 girlies. Bye, girlies. Bye, 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 How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.